you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Uh, like Pastor Andrew said, we started a new sermon series last week called Blowing Water. And it's really um, a chance for us to look at Scripture and look at how Jesus interacted and had conversations with people around him, what we can learn from that, as that can shape our conversations with the people we meet. And perhaps now more than ever, as we come out of COVID, our conversations are even more important, as COVID was really... Um, defined by distancing, even isolation. And so now, I know many of us are yearning for connection. And so um, today, like Pastor Andrew said, we're looking at conversations that we can have by sharing our testimonies. My name is Jess, and uh, one of the recurring topics um, of Choi Soy when I go about town is actually my Cantonese. As I go to a restaurant and I order something maybe from a Chinese menu, they're like, and I, if I'm in the mood to choi soy, I'll be like, Hiya, Hong Kong, and say, yes, I'm a Hong Konger. If I'm not in the mood, that's, I know what's coming. And I just I tell them my whole life story. I'm like, Hiya, Hong Kong, I grew up in Hong Kong. My mom's Chinese, my dad's British, and I went to a, a local Chinese school. And then off I went. Uh, or even worse, if I know that they look friendly and they want to talk, I'll just pretend I don't speak Cantonese. Uh, and this is even more true when you get those, you know, telesales, uh, phone calls, the three numbers. You know what's coming, but you pick it up. And uh, I pick it up sometimes thinking maybe it's not. And then um, when they do start, you know, selling me something and I really don't want to chat, I do this. I put on the thickest British accent. I go, do you speak English? And then they'll go, sorry, wrong number, hang up. It's the best way to get someone to hang up on you. So um, I have the privilege of overseeing like, community groups and Alpha here. And we have just finished another round of Alpha. And just before this Alpha started, we invited Sharina to come here and share her testimony. Sharina came on Alpha as a lifelong Hindu. And during uh, the Alpha Day, which is the day we look at the Holy Spirit, she gave her life to Christ. Later on, on Alpha, she received a miraculous healing, a physical healing uh, from her back pain that she'd suffered from for many years. And after the Alpha Day, I went home and I was really excited, really grateful for what God had done. And as I was praying, as I was reflecting, I found myself saying this to God. I said, God, thank you for Sharina's experience but one isn't enough. I want the whole of Hong Kong to experience your love. And I know this was the God-given desire. It wasn't from me, even though it, it sounded like it from me. And I said to God, I don't understand. What are you saying? Are you saying we should run an alpha for the whole of Hong Kong? Okay, what's the biggest venue? No. And I was like, okay, God, are you saying I should go work for Alpha Hong Kong? And the answer is no, I am not leaving because I feel very much called to the vine and called specifically to you. Uh, and in fact, my journey to becoming a pastor here uh, didn't start with me growing up thinking, I will be a pastor. I never thought that would be on my path. I studied economics at university. I, you know, I wanted to be a kind of high-powered businesswoman, but no, that hasn't quite happened. And when I came back to Hong Kong about um, in 2017, I just felt called um, to the vine. And my journey started as a volunteer at 180, and one thing led to another. Uh, I'm now a pastor overseeing community groups, Alpha, and have the honor of speaking to you. And my prayer is that this talk serves you well. So back to my experience after the Alpha Day. Um, what was God really speaking to me about? I don't believe it was 
uh, something he was speaking that was just for me. I believe it's something for our church, for everyone here. I believe God is speaking to us about our call to be representatives in our spheres of influence so that we take God's love out to Hong Kong. We take it out of the four walls of this church. And one of the ways we can do that um, is by sharing our testimony. I know, sometimes I think it's really scary, it takes courage, but it also can be one of the most powerful ways we can share the love of Christ. And so today we look at John 4, we look at the story of the Samaritan woman, and it's a conversation that Jesus has with the woman that reveals his real identity that led to the woman going back to her hometown and telling everyone in her town about Jesus. So up until this point in Jesus' ministry, he was ministering in Judea. Jesus and his disciples left Judea to head, to head north to Galilee, and the most direct route is um, a route that goes through a place called Samaria, the white line in the middle. That's the most direct route on foot, which is how they traveled um, at that time. It would take three days. But because um, the Samaritans and the Jews, um, they weren't on the best terms. The Jews wanted to avoid uh, the Samaritans. The most devout Jews didn't want to encounter them. There was a lot of bitterness and hatred between them. And in the biblical context, what happened was that in 702 BC, Samaria was invaded by Assyria. A lot of the Jews got exiled, but those who stayed intermarried with the Assyrians. And this created a new race who was half Jewish, half Assyrian, and the Jewish people called them half-breeds. And they were seen as particularly disgusting because they had adopted the ways um, of, their, of their enemy, so to speak. And the Jews understood that the, that the Assyrians invaded Samaria to punish their sins. And so the Samaritans were seen as unclean uh, to the religious people. And so there was a lot of theological and historical background to this hatred. And by the time Jesus was walking on earth, this had been built up for almost a thousand years. And this is why John tells us, Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. But Jesus and his disciples do go through Samaria. By this point, they've been traveling on foot, we think, for about six hours. It comes to about noon. Jesus' disciples have gone into town to buy food, and Jesus takes a break. He was tired, he was thirsty, so he sits down, he sits down by a well, um, a famous well that's known as Jacob's Well, um, and it's a well that is fed by an underground spring, which means it provides a very reliable source of pure water. And so Jesus is by himself, sitting by the well, and this is what happens. A Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Now, this is radical for several reasons. We've already heard that there was bad blood between them. The Jewish people wanted to avoid them. But secondly, uh, culturally, a man does not speak to a woman alone, and especially by a well. There's the social norm that says that if, you, if a man chats with a woman by a well, it's almost seen as a man wanting to pick up a woman, a bit like a man now in a sleazy bar chatting up a woman. Um, so it was not the done thing. And thirdly, uh, the Samaritan woman is seen as especially unclean um, because of um, the blood issue, which is not an issue at all, but the, it's in such a way that it was seen that even the vessel she touches 
is unclean, that it would be defiled. But here, Jesus asks the woman for a drink. And uh, Jesus, this woman has no idea who, this, who Jesus is, has no idea that this is the Messiah. So let's look at uh, this chapter um, in more detail. The whole story spans 42 verses, so we won't cover all of it, but really encourage you to go home and read it, read the whole story yourself. But picking up at verse 10, it says this. Jesus answered her when basically she said, how could you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked them and he would have given you living water. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. She doesn't quite get it. She doesn't know she's speaking to Jesus. He told her, Jesus told her, not quite answering her questions seemingly, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she said. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. So on top of all the radical ways that Jesus um, approached her, now we know this woman is seen as an immoral woman. She is uh, living um, with her boyfriend, which we know is considered immoral. But Jesus reaches out to her, even asks her, for help. And Jesus shows her respect and acceptance. Then jumping, they have a bit of a conversation and jumping to verse 26, it says this, Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Jesus declares that he is the Messiah. He is the Christ. And when she realizes this, uh, she maybe is still thinking, could this be true? She immediately um, couldn't help, but she ran back to her hometown. Her response was brilliant. Let's have a look. It says this, then leaving her water jar, the reason she came to the well was to get water, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see, a man told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Many in her town believed simply because of her testimony. That's her words. They hadn't, some of them at this point, hadn't even personally met Jesus, but the power of her testimony had the power to, to cause them to believe in Jesus. So what is a testimony? A testimony in a biblical, well, testimony means to bear witness, to give evidence, to testify. And witness is one of the key concepts, not just in John's gospel, but in the whole of the gospel. And in ancient Israel and the early church, this word witness carries a kind of forensic sense. And it describes a person who has seen or heard the truth, and it's someone who can testify in a court of law, declaring what they have seen or heard, giving evidence to what is true. 
And so witness throughout the Bible verifies facts, and witness can be good or bad, it can be false, it can be malicious, so it's very powerful. And witness terminology used in conjunction, in relation to Israel and to the church, carries the sense that the church, the people of God, um, they are uh, they are someone who can testify. They, they can witness to who God is. So, uh, and it's so important in John's gospel that he gives seven ways, uh, he uses seven ways to testify to who Jesus is. In John's gospel, the Father, the Father testifies to who Jesus is. It says, the Father who sent me, this is Jesus saying, the Father who sent Jesus has himself testified concerning me. Jesus himself testified as to who he is. We just heard him say, I am the one. The Holy Spirit in John 15, it says, the spirit of truth goes out from the Father. He will testify about me. And also the works of Jesus, the, the, what Jesus did in his ministry, those things testify to who, who he is. Scripture reveals who Jesus is. John the Baptist testifies to who Jesus is. And last but not least, human witness in Scripture bears um, a powerful place into showing who Jesus is. And why is it so powerful? And it's because a testimony really is us sharing, detailing our personal encounter with Jesus. It showcases that we have personally met Jesus. We have had the spirit of truth testify in our hearts. And so we know that it's true. It's giving evidence to who Jesus is. And um, the Samaritan's woman, uh, the Samaritan woman's uh, experience, her testimony was Jesus, this man who knows everything about I did. And so uh, this is um, what we share in our witness. It's how God is personal to you, how God met you, how God has worked in your life. And um, it's powerful. It's basically a story of how you came to a revelation with God, how you've come to know the truth in Jesus. And um, a testimony shows that God is personal to you. So a testimony is personal and subjective um, it's declaring um, the majesty of God, but it's also your love story with God. A testimony, what is it not? It's not a sermon. It's not a theology lesson. It's not a Bible study. It's not a preach. You're not teaching. You're sharing. You're having a conversation with someone. And when you do share, it makes way. It gives an opportunity for other people to come and see who Jesus really is. It opens an opportunity for them to encounter Jesus. And this carries significant theological importance because actually the bearing of witness is not without cause. 1 Timothy 2, 4 says this. It says that God's heart is that he wants all people to be saved and to come into a knowledge of the truth. And so that's God's heart for everyone to know his love. And um, it's a privilege that we get to be the means of sharing our testimony, perhaps even leading someone to faith. 
And actually, um, we've said that it's for everyone, but everyone is involved. You know, no one is disqualified from sharing your testimony. Everyone in here who has encountered Jesus has a story to share as to how God, what God did in your life. And so uh, not only are we not disqualified, actually we are called to be prepared. We are called to be prepared. First Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And so I would really love to encourage you to take some time, maybe this week, to prepare your testimony. How did you encounter God? And here are some practical tips. I like practical tips. Um, so a testimony, how can we do this? And how do we construct a testimony? It's very simple. It has two, three parts. It's the before, during, and after. The before, the during really is the what and the how and the after. Could we have the next slide, please? Um, and so the before, um, the before is um, what happened. Maybe it doesn't have to just be before you came to Christ. It could be, um, you know, if you've been a Christian, what have you been praying for? What have you been asking God for? How has God shown himself um, to be majestic, to be your personal God. Uh, recently, just yesterday, we, you know, I got a text from a congregation member who moved abroad, and she's uh, looking for a flat. She's starting in a new job, and she's like, Jesus gave me a flat within a week. You know, that's a testimony, declaring what God has done uh, in your life. The Samaritan's woman, whilst it's not included in the scripture, I suspect when she did have more time to share with her friends, it goes something like this. I was just going about my normal daily life. I just went to the well. I just wanted to get some water. And this man started talking to me. I had no idea who he is. And then gradually he told me, he is the Christ. And so I couldn't believe it. So I had to come and tell you. That's her testimony. The after really is, what difference has Jesus made to your life? And so a testimony should be personal, honest, and true. It should be clear, it shouldn't be too long, uh, probably about three to five minutes would be a good kind of amount of time, and there is no bad testimony and no boring testimony. All of our lives carry weight in the journey that we've been through with Jesus, and it has the, the, the potential to cause an impact, just like we've seen the Samaritan's woman, one woman's testimony impacted a whole town. And so really would love you to take some time to prepare your testimony. Just now, um, Pastor Andrew prayed for us, you know, who is that person that came to mind? Um, uh, maybe take some time to prepare. And like we said, um, we've just finished another round of Alpha, and uh, we know you love Alpha testimonies. And so today we've invited two people who have been on Alpha um, to come and share their testimonies. And you'll see, the way we share Alpha testimonies, it's the same. The typical questions, you'll know this now, it's like, were you a Christian before you came on Alpha? What happened and what difference has Jesus made to your life? So to uh, begin with, we'd love to invite Eric to come on stage. Come, come join me. Let's take a seat. Have a chat. Choi 
So Eric, um, Eric used to work here. Many of you might recognize Eric. So Eric, whilst he wasn't employed by the staff, he looks after this building, this, the facilities here. So they're looking after this building is outsourced. So Eric worked here. We worked very closely with him. Um, but you just left last week, which is sad. Uh, but tell us, Eric, before you came on Alpha, were you a Christian? No. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? Um, because I work at night shifts, I work during the menopause when Pastor Andrew preached on Genesis. Genesis, yeah. When I heard it, I want to understand who Jesus is. It is a special chance to understand who Jesus is. It was an opportunity to join Alpha, and I don't know why I say yes. <laughs> so I joined Alpha. And then what happened on Alpha? On week three of Alpha, the Alpha talk was, why did Jesus die? It mentioned about some planes we carry inside. I have carried the plane since my mother's passed away. I haven't been able to let the plane go. I was busy working at that time. And overlooked many signs of my mother's getting worse body condition. A serious fall accident happened that injured her brain, causing her death. I felt so guilty for not paying close attention to her body. And I thought I was responsible for her death. During Alpha, I heard Jesus took away my sins. I don't know whether I sinned against my mother when she had her fall. I hope Jesus can forgive me. I believe he forgives me. But I'm still trying to forgive myself. I share this to my group. And my group leader asked me, would you follow Jesus? What did you say? I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I prayed the prayer. I didn't know how to become a Christian. I didn't know the step. I thought I had to baptize first. I didn't know that if God comes to find you and you just respond, it's so simple. God came and found me and I said yes. And so what difference has Jesus made to you? This pain has sat very deep inside my heart and I never told anyone. Now, because I've told Jesus about this and my small groups, I've pleased and strength to face this. I don't have to face this alone. I felt a power for me to confirm this and confirm the things of the past. I feel like I have a new start in life for the better. I have a lot of peace. Okay. Another strange thing is 
I feel like I have a new creative ideas. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I have new talents and gifts in cooking. <laughs> and I have ideas of flaws that just come to me. Even my wife is surprising. <laughs> so after this experience, I share it with my family, with my wife and two daughters. I told them I become a Christian, and I tell them we can play together. My younger daughter asked me, "Where is Jesus? Where does Jesus live?" She will put her hand together to pray. When we're facing challenges, I say to them, "Why don't we play together?" Let's talk about it. When my wife can't sleep, I offer to pray for her. Coming Tuesday is a big day for our family. We are waiting to hear if my older daughter gets into secondary school. I know I can trust God, so I put this in His hand. Oh, thank you, Eric. Let's give a round of applause. For Eric, yeah. Thank you, thank you, yeah. I'd love to share another story with you, and it's a story about Zoe.、Um, so Zoe came on the last Alpha.、Um, she's and she's given me permission to share this, but、um, she's not quite ready to be here to share her story in person. But we have her permission. Um, so Zoe is originally from Beijing, and growing up, she heard very little about Christianity or spirituality、uh, in general. So she didn't have a Christian faith,、um, and she's been in Hong Kong now for quite a few years. And she said this: "If the Bible is the most read book, how come no one in my circle back home read it or even talks about it?" So she had this curiosity、um, about the Bible, and she really wanted to understand the Bible. So when she was here in Hong Kong, she said she emailed a few international churches to, to find out which church she can do a Bible study on. And the Vine was the first church that responded, so she came to the Vine. And it was during here that she heard that we're running Alpha, and so she joined. Now, in case you're here and you're thinking, "What is this Alpha thing?" Alpha is here. We run it in ten weeks. It's a course on the basics of Christianity. We arrange it in small groups. So each small group has about two to three kind of small group leaders and about eight to nine guests. And because Zoe isn't able to be here today, we've asked Jennifer to share her story. So Jennifer was her、um, small group host. Come and join us, Jennifer. Yeah. Hi. So tell us, Jennifer. Tell us a bit about、um, Zoe's story. Yeah, it has been such a joy walking with Zoe. She's always a special one with a very strong spiritual hunger for the truth. But I remember six weeks into Alpha, and she was telling our group that、um, I will really not call myself a Christian unless I'm ready. And I was a bit let down by it, and I thought, okay, I should never ever push her. And fast forward to the Alpha day. On that day, during prayer ministry time, I asked Zoe, "So, how can I pray for you?" And she said, 
To be very honest, I've been trying so hard to build a relationship with God, but I feel like there's a huge disconnect. I just feel like there's something blocking me. And it was then that I felt prompted and said, do you want that head knowledge to be transformed to a heart transformation and actually have the connection? Do you want to invite Jesus into your life? And surprisingly, she said yes. Um, so we did the sinner's prayer together, and she told me afterwards that it was when she had to repeat after me, that it was the first time that she realized she never thought that she's a sinner before, um, but she must have messed up here and there. So she has heard similar prayers in church before, but it was the first time that it dawned on her that she's actually a sinner, and Jesus has died on the cross for her. And the first thing that she said after saying the sinner's prayer was actually, Jennifer, I really want a physical English Bible. I want a copy. I feel like God has been wanting to talk to me, but I'm the one who is blocking him because I've not been reading the Bible consistently. So right after Alpha Day, we went to a bookstore and um, we bought a Bible. And it was then that I told her, okay, don't overburden yourself. Why don't you just read one chapter from a gospel? But remember to pray um, and ask the Holy Spirit to open up the living word of God. Otherwise, it's just like any other book. And then I felt a bit guilty. I'm asking her to read. And so I felt the Holy Spirit said you should do it with her. Um, so I asked her, do you want to read one chapter a day and maybe just WhatsApp or reflection and she didn't just say yes, but guess what? She said, can I email you instead? I want to properly write down uh, my thoughts. And that is the Zoe we know. Um, so now it has been a month, and now we already finished the book of John and reading Matthew. Um, just one last bit is 10 days after Elva Day, on June 20th, that was when I saw the baptism course. I was thinking, should I ask her? Um, but God is so good, because on the exact same day, when she emailed me her reflection on John 10, she said she has already signed up for the course. Um, so really praise God. And so we also want to take this opportunity to really thank everyone here who has been helpful in her journey. And she said, I um, also want to encourage you all to try joining Alpha. She said it wouldn't be anything like what you've imagined if you actually participate in it. Yeah. So tell us, how about your journey? How has it been for you um, being an Alpha Small Group host and walking with Zoe? It has been such a joy. Um, I joined just because I want to learn. I've never, I'm not the type who's good at evangelizing. I feel really awkward sharing my faith. And so I, I heard that there are a lot of amazing testimony coming out of Divine Alpha. And so that's why I thought it's the best place for me to learn how to share the good news. And it is a relief that as a small group host, I actually don't have to speak at all. Not much. I have to speak a little. Um, but all I have to do is to allow them to have the chance to throw up questions and share. And the beauty of Alpha is that I don't even have to answer their difficult questions. All the teachings are done in talks um, and also the videos. So all I have to do is to be their friend and explore questions and life with them and trust that it is the Holy Spirit who will guide them. All I have to do is to create a space for them to feel loved, feel heard. Um, but to be honest, at the beginning, I felt a bit helpless, especially when there are people dropping out. Um, but I was reminded by God that it was not my ability that matters. All he wants 
It's just my willingness to partner with him. All I have to do is to rely fully on the Holy Spirit. Because if the focus is on giving glory to God instead of myself, then I shouldn't have any pressure. My only role is to give space so that people can encounter Jesus directly. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for sharing. Aren't those great, these alpha testimonies? And so there's one thing I would just like to pick up as we come to a close, and that Jennifer spoke about relying on the Holy Spirit uh, in her role as a small group host. And in John 4, verse 14, it says this, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Water in um, this passage symbolizes the Holy Spirit. And we know that after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, the Holy Spirit was released to all believers. And so a couple things I want to pick out about uh, Holy Spirit. And the first is that it's a Holy Spirit that draws you into a relationship with Jesus. And it's a Holy Spirit that sustains and grows and builds our relationship with God. And when we have that encounter with God, that's when we can go and tell others about it. And we've already looked at, we're called to be prepared to share the hope that we have. We're called um, here as a church, we're encouraging us to go out and have these conversations and to go and share our testimonies. Uh, But it's important that we know that whilst it's our role to share our experience, our encounter, our relationship with God, It's really the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to draw someone into a relationship with him. We heard that it's the spirit of truth that goes out from the Father that will testify about Jesus. So what this means is that it's our responsibility to to love on people, to engage in conversation. Uh, But once we've shared our testimony, um, we can be released from any responsibility as to how they respond. If they love your testimony and they're like, amazing, tell me more, that's great. But equally, if they, if they think you're completely crazy, that's, that's not our responsibility either. So this frees up um, from knowing that we're not responsible for how someone responds to your testimony or how someone responds to Jesus. We are called to go and just love on people and have loving conversations. And so this is what the River Vision is about. Uh, On Vision Sunday, Pastor Andrew reminded us of the power of love and he called us to love on the people we encounter. And he says that it's love and love alone that is the graffiti that moves the river of God's kingdom forward in a city. So uh, the call uh, on us, the people of the vine, I believe, is to love on Hong Kong. We know God's heart is to bring wholeness, bring redemption, bring God's love into every family, every workplace, every school, every gym, everyone. He wants to bring his love, his redemption to everyone. And imagine if each of us Um, take our testimony and just share, be it with one person, uh, that could have a domino effect of sharing God's love to so many different spheres in our city and beyond. And it can impact your sphere of influence. And your testimony will take the love of God to where he has placed you. 
Uh, we've heard that Eric is sharing that with his family. Imagine if we all did that, if we go and share our testimony with someone. If their response is, yes, tell me more, Alpha is a great follow-up. It's a 10-week course. The next one here starts in September. It's a great way for them to hear um, the kind of full message of Jesus. And maybe it's a great way, if you have a friend coming, you can come along with them. It's a great way for you to engage in conversations with others who are exploring Jesus. And um, I love Alpha. So uh, come and join Alpha if you would like to next September. But be prepared to share your testimony as well. This is how God is going to bring love to our home, to our city and beyond. And this is how God is going to transform our city. So uh, can I just encourage us to stand as I'd love to pray for you. I'd love us to pray. And just now in the scriptures, we saw that you know many devout Jews um, avoided Samaria and because they didn't want to encounter the Samaritans. And right now, we'd just love to take a minute, uh, just would love us to examine our hearts. We, we know Hong Kong has been fragmented, uh, and often we are, you know, there's a culture that says we can't be in relationship with someone if they don't agree with me. And I pray, Jesus, that um, if this is how you'd respond, that, that Jesus is speaking to us, uh, to not be that person that avoids someone who's different to us. We are called to love on everyone. There's no prejudice. We don't look down on anyone. And if you would like to, just take a minute. Let God bring to heart, is there anyone that you've been avoiding? Maybe you have good reason. Maybe there has been hurt. Maybe this is the opportunity for healing in a relationship. And if there is anyone, just encourage you, if you'd like to, to take a moment and just say sorry to God. And I pray here um, for everyone right now to have an opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit that constantly draws us into a deeper relationship with God, that reminds us of how great you are. We thank you, Jesus. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.